What's good, everyone? Welcome to this, the fourth, the fourth episode of the God, Goals, and Greatness podcast. I'm your host, Eric Marsh. Me and my team, we are thankful that you're listening, no matter where you're listening, whether you be on YouTube, Spotify, Google, Cast, um, iTunes, wherever you may be, you know, whatever time of day it is, okay? Good morning, good afternoon, good night. Whatever it is, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, I'm excited about this episode. I'm excited about these few episodes that are to come because we're going to be tackling the topic of mental health, mental health. Um, The topic for these, the kind of like theme that we're kind of running with for these next three episodes is mental wealth. And so we're going to be bringing you strategies for maximizing, for stewarding, for investing in your own mental health. And so this first episode is like an introductory to the subsequent two episodes. Uh, The next episode we'll be talking with uh, a licensed clinical social worker and counselor who's gonna be giving you some great information about mental health and what you can be doing and why you need to have yourself a therapist and things of that nature. Uh, But right now I'm gonna dive into uh, just some things that I've been thinking about, some things I've been researching and talking about um, under this subject matter of triggered. If you've seen the title, triggered. <laughs> I don't really like um, the word triggered because I think it kind of has like a negative connotation in a way. Because when you say trigger, you think of people spazzing, right? And this movie just came out, um, I think it was called Unhinged. Um, and it was all about uh, this guy who was in traffic and a lady honked her horn wrong and then here it is the whole movies about road rage and so often we think about triggered and we think about those things are like people that are exploding that are going off the deep end but the reality of it is is that when it comes to mental health it's not necessarily we need to stop thinking about it in that way and that somebody has you know they're having suicidal thoughts yes that is mental health that is a mental health issue Um, Someone is about to spaz and go kill somebody. Yes, that is a mental health issue. Um, Someone is about to just all up quit their job. Yes, that is a mental health issue. But the thing is, is that these problems that we see when it comes to mental health, uh, these different, these different um, situations we see acting out or happening in and around in our society, within our relationships, within our friendships, within our churches, within our communities, on our jobs, these things don't just happen, right? They don't just happen in a vacuum. Um, they don't just occur out of nowhere. And so that's why the idea, um, this concept of trigger, I just want to talk about just the fact that this information um, and these things that we're dealing with when it comes to our mental health, they occur and they also, they occur for a reason. <laughs> and so that's what we're addressing. We're talking about those triggers. We're talking about those triggers. Me, myself, the first time I ended up in the um, only couch spewing out um, my emotions and my guts, my thoughts, my feelings and the tensions and stuff I was experiencing that time. Um, but my therapist was when I had basically hit a wall, I had ended up, um, ultimately I quit my job um, because I had stress ulcers from the things I was I was experiencing from work and I would consider it to be a toxic environment. And in that same, along the same lines, when we think of like mental health and it, so many people lean towards the more drastic things. Um, when we talk about toxic environments, it's not just, um, the really bad things, right? It's the subtle things that you experience on a day-to-day basis that don't necessarily agree with uh, your character, 
don't agree with your values, don't agree with how you feel you should be treated, that don't agree with um, or conflict with how you value yourself, how you see yourself, your image, um, and even what you consider to be nice language and um, professional language, the culture that you think expect is expectations, right? Um, and so anything that's not in alignment can can deal a small little blow right towards um, it's a trigger there's a there's small triggers that happen over time and then there's the big triggers but in any case um, they, these triggers they exist and I believe that whenever you find yourself in a mental health um, situation a health situation when it comes to your mind uh, you have to constantly be on guard for the things that are coming into your mind that are affecting your mental health. So often we think about mental health as like, um, when I say mental wealth, mental wealth is about stewarding and protecting your mental capacity. And I'm not talking about mindset. So often we look at information that's on social media, on the news, uh, the books we read, and they're trying to get you to take on a particular mindset, you know, like the Mamba mentality, right? Um, that's a mindset, but mental health isn't just about the mindset and how you focus. It's about protecting your capacity to think, your capacity to focus, uh, to avoid those moments of mental fatigue, um, to avoid those times of depression and anxiety and um, excessive fear, right, and overthinking. How do we avoid those things? How do we become more aware? Um, of that how can we protect ourselves you know the bible says that we should take every thought captive you know how do we become more aware of those thoughts that we're having not just the ones that say i want to take my life but the ones that say that you know i'm not there yet or i can't do it you know how do we take captive of those thoughts and that comes with growing in your self-awareness and a lot of us just like any technique and anything that you learn in your life be you a basketball player and uh, um be you a business professional and went to business school, be you a lawyer that went to law school. Uh, you don't naturally, you, you have natural gifts. You know, we ourselves, like our natural, our human nature is self-preservation, right? Um, your body is wired to recover. And so there are certain things that come naturally when it comes to protecting yourself, to recovering, to having that resiliency you need to get through life that come natural. But we all have to learn how to grow in this area if we are going to be successful, if we're going to walk into that greatness that I talk about when we talk about the Tyler's podcast, greatness is an input, not an outcome. If you're going to put in greatness and positivity, um, if you're going to put in intentionality and focus into your life, into your environment, then you have to have the mental capacity to do that. And too often we find ourselves as young professionals, as entrepreneurs, um, even just as people who just live and care especially caretakers. Caretakers experience a great deal um, of mental stress and anxiety um, and frustration and adversity and um, a lot of changes. You know, they're dealing with the changes and they're constantly dealing with things that they are out of their span of control. And sometimes that stuff can cause tensions that end up manifesting as mental illnesses. And so we have to work to get rid of the stigma that is on the idea of mental health. Like it absolutely sucks that you have to say you need to take a mental health day. But when you want to just take a general vacation day, like, oh, I'm going on vacation. They'd be like, oh, well, take all the time you need. But if you say, man, I need a mental health day, they'd be like, well, I don't think this is a good time for you to be taking PTO. It, 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 we've all experienced that, right? 
because we naturally we're conditioned to not think about those things and not accept those things and to overlook it and they want to uh, when i say they i mean the people you work for and so often we treat ourselves that same way like i know entrepreneurs that won't let their own self take a day off right for fear that they're going to lose ground on their dreams and so that's where i believe the faith piece comes into your mental your mental health um and because you have to trust that the work you're doing is going to be fruitful and then you're going to reap um what you sowed and then there's the, the strategy piece right you have to be working in your mind and in your in your job to say you know i'm not just going to do the work myself i'm going to establish the systems that are needed for my business to run when i'm not here let me pull this up right quick um the systems that are needed for me to run when i'm not here and what that looks like is you know what do we call that formerly we me and my my field we call it business continuity and so how do you make sure things run when you're not here so that you're not stressed when you're away and so <sighs> triggered man triggered it some people walk on a hair trigger and anything can send them off the edge right other people not so much but I believe that we all, no matter where we are and no matter what state, we all want to work to where we're in a place where um, my ultimate goal personally is to be unoffendable uh, when I go to work and when I navigate life. But a lot of that comes down to having healthy habits when it comes to my mental health, um, healthy habits when it comes to my self-care regimen. Uh, and so when it comes to that stigma that I had chatted about, I know I got on a bit of a tangent, but when it comes to that stigma, we have to realize that, um, what statistics say that one in five people deal with or have, have, or are currently experiencing, um, some type of mental illness. And so mental illness, that's stress, that's anxiety, that's depression, that's overthinking, um, that's mental fatigue, decision fatigue, anything when it, in regards to the mind. Okay. Um, if you don't know or you I think we all should do things consistently to figure out if you don't have a therapist you can do self-assessments um, me myself I really enjoy uh, the website um, the mental health association um, MHA MHA America um, MHA national.org um, MHA national.org they have tons of self-assessments that you can do to see if you're dealing with anything around depression psychosis PTSD addiction postpartum um, for those mothers um, I would say postpartum um, what's, what's the one for men I know men that have experienced that same kind of um, that same kind of depression um, post having a child as well um, because when you love somebody and you're carrying their emotions um, that's a very real thing as well because it's all mental um, they have tests for youth and even people with um, eating disorders um, and that suffer from anxiety and so go on that website <coughs> and do a self-assessment um yeah so diving into the content for this podcast one thing that i was curious about was what triggers people you know um i i've grown in my self-awareness but i didn't want to just have this podcast be based off my personal experience and nothing else so what i did was i pulled i pulled some friends i pulled colleagues i used my linkedin my twitter um and my facebook and i pulled people to see you know what the people deal with on a daily basis that pushes them towards that edge um, that triggers 
this uh, need to recover mentally. And I mean, just like small recovery or big recovery. Um, and what I found was it, it aligned a lot with what I experience on my day-to-day -day basis and so what I did was when I did when I did was once I got the information I looked through it I searched through it I analyzed it which is something I really really love um, and I kind of broke it down into buckets and then I did some research and I went on to some mental health um, association websites and pulled some information and what I want to do is I want to share what I found from that um, kind of share a little bit of my experiences but I don't want this podcast episode right here to be too long because I do want to leave the conversations um, to the professionals but <clears throat> what I found was and I this stuff is gonna sound like common sense I promise you but the issue was that people don't take care of themselves and I don't either right um, so there was four things that stood out when I talked to my friends they did struggle with and these are the four common themes but they're kind of like six big buckets or common themes that mental health websites um, say that people deal with that lead to that trigger people when it comes to their mental health or push them to a point of instability when it comes to stewarding their mental wealth uh, and growing and investing in their capacity to think in general not just think about certain things number one thing that came up was taking time for yourself taking time for yourself that's just self-care uh, you'd be surprised how many people in their busy life don't make time for themselves. They're constantly thinking about who the, whose expectations they need to meet. They're constantly changing hats. I know this is something that's men I teach in a workshop, a strategic vision planning workshop that I do um, on an annual basis that I think I'll be bringing back in a more digital way. But, you know, the different hats you wear and the different people that are uh, relying on you to succeed, especially if you are leading a family or you're in a relationship um, or you know you don't have a dad and you're your mom or you know just in general people that are relying on you to succeed you'd be surprised how many people don't take time for themselves so taking time for yourself um, dealing with frustration was the second thing like frustration they people getting frustrated um, the third thing was um, <laughs> thinking traps they call it thinking traps that's what I found research referred to it but just overthinking overthinking and finding yourself in a place where you're thinking way more than you're taking action and overthinking um, and then lastly is just dealing with adversity just stressing adversity so th those are the four major things that emerged from the research that I did uh, from the polling that I did of friends but some other the two other things that I found that stood out that people deal with that that trigger them is um, accepting reality right dealing with reality and saying you know it, it, it happened like stuff happens right and I think believe I believe that we have a conscious decision um, my Bible says let not your heart be troubled so this trouble happens around you these things happen around you but you determine through your mental health and through setting boundaries and having a proper perspective and being in alignment with what God says about your life and who you are um, when it comes to your value and the things that are going on and trusting that he has your back um, or trusting that you can endure and that this situation that perseverance will finish his perfect work right um, but you determine what happens in you you can't handle what happens around you right you can things that there are stuff in your span of control that you invite and you don't but you determine what happens in you and how you let that stuff affect you. No matter how bad it is or how bad, how good it is, you determine what happens in you. And ultimately, it's your your mental posture and your spiritual posture that um, 
determines what happens in you as a result of the things that happen around you. And so that determines if your heart will be troubled, um, if your mind is going to be impacted, if you're going to get angry, if you're going to flare up, <laughs> if you're going to be triggered. Um, that typically, um, that comes down to you. What happens in you comes down to you, right? You can't handle what happens around you. Um, but dealing with um, accepting reality and then processing big change. And so um, that's I think that's one of the biggest things that happened as a result of COVID is that change. We all were thrown into change. And that change wasn't the addition of a lot. You know, well, kind of it was addition of wearing masks and washing your hands and safety protocols and stuff. But in large, it was the removal of coping mechanisms of being able to go eat out and go talk to your friends and hang out and the removal of things which led to the addition and put in of you having to sit with yourself <laughs> a lot of people have had to sit with themselves or by themselves during this COVID thing and so um, what I found is that when it comes to situations and crisis and pressure situations um, it does one, two, one of two things right the pressure either um, builds you and it fuses certain stuff to you, to you, your personality, good or bad, or it breaks stuff off of you with pressure. It breaks stuff off of you or it purifies and it takes stuff away. And so some people as a result of um, this pandemic have grown and other people have not. And some people have done both. We, I think we've all done both, right? We've grown in certain ways and then we've kind of fallen back in certain ways. But ultimately, you know, we have to trust that our trajectory, you know, is like, you know, looking at the stock market is up and to the right. Um, by managing the different things that are happening around you. But that first thing, taking time for yourself, I wanted to just provide some coping mechanisms to you because I believe that a lot of people, um, let's be honest, a lot of people are gonna listen to this podcast and they're not gonna go to a therapist. <laughs> for one reason or another, some of you might be self-paid and you might think it's expensive, but one thing you're gonna learn from this next episode um, that's coming up after this one, episode five, when I talk talk to um, Deandra, who's a li licensed clinical uh, social worker, is that the resources are there. If you need them, if you want them, if you look hard enough, they're there. They're, they are there. And so um, for those of you who have a therapist, you know, and you got it down pat, first of all, Nobody has a down pat. Life is ever changing. You're always growing. Um, but I want to provide some coping mechanisms around those those things. So when it comes to taking time for yourself, first of all, you have to realize that if you don't take time for yourself and you're constantly helping other people and you're constantly being at the mercy of other people, you're going to reach a time, you're going to reach a point in your life where you are not going to have anything to give anyone. And so by investing and taking time for yourself, you increase the quality um, and you increase the quality and the quantity of what you have to give others and so it's not being selfish it's called stewarding your own self you yourself are a human asset <laughs> you yourself you have a limited capacity that you have to offer the world and you have to grow you have to incubate that stuff that's in you that people need so that you can have more to give them and too often we put more value on being of service to others and we find in satisfaction and this is a this is actually um, a cognitive behavior thing or be uh, a mental health thing that I used to deal with and it's just always trying to have this spirit of obligation The Christians the people who believe in deliverance and the things that are of the spiritual say you know there's a spirit of obligations that you need deliverance from okay you need to be get out <laughs> right now um, in the name of Jesus um, the spirit of obligation of wanting to be of service and of 
feeling the sense of validation or measuring your worth according to what you serve, how you serve people and their 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 satisfaction with your serving instead of you finding satisfaction in the fact of who you are. Right. Um, and so the number one thing, the first thing you can do when it comes to, you know, becoming more aware of, you know, are you moving into a triggered state? Is this thing triggering you or are you not making enough time for yourself? Um, it's for one being mindful right be mindful of your emotions be mindful of what you're feeling be mindful of what you're thinking and i'm not talking about emptying your mind and trying to you know like i need to empty my mind i'm talking about becoming more mindful of how you feel um if you really think about it people who um if you've ever reached a point of being burnt out you knew who was coming and so you need to take time out um, throughout your day consistently on a consistent basis which you use your mind all the time you don't use it every, you don't use it every once in a while um, to practice mindfulness and to take time to just slow down take some deep breaths and be like how am I feeling you know how am I really feeling I know I'm running through life I know I'm going to work but how excuse me how am I really feeling right now because if you become more aware mindfulness helps you become more self-aware and that self-aware helps tell you, self-awareness helps tell you what do you need to be doing to take care of yourself. Okay? Mindfulness alone is not the thing. The mindfulness has to help build your self-awareness. And then you have to use the information that you find about yourself from that time of being mindful, of checking in on yourself. You have to use that. You have to use what you find to better and change your habits to prevent yourself from going off the edge. Um, and and I, I know that is difficult, okay? And that's why the second tip is to start small when it comes to making time for yourself. Too often we reach this, um, we reach the end of our, our rope and then we try to do a complete overhaul of our life. Sometimes that's not possible. Sometimes what you need to do is start taking a walk on your lunch or you need to start journaling at night for like 10 minutes or reading a book you have to start carving out and i say carving out space because you want to establish habits that you can keep you establish momentum that can turn um momentum that can help you shift your whole lifestyle so you can have a lifestyle that takes you into account okay and so start small you guys don't just jump off the deep end and then create more stress and more anxiety and establish um, unrealistic expectations for yourself uh, because a lot of people do that. It says, man, you know what? I'm gonna start doing this. Sometimes that's just not possible because you spent your whole life establishing a life that does not take you into account. So don't think you're gonna over overhaul that thing in one day. Please don't. Um, and another thing is that you need to do, what you need to remember is you need to remember that you're not alone. A lot of people struggle with this. Um, and this is not, that taking time for yourself and taking care of yourself is not something that this is going to sound bad this ain't something that bad people have a problem with and i say bad not necessarily bad selfish people take take time for yourself but a majority of people have a heart and they like people that's just the optimist in me oh my goodness um a majority of people have a heart and they, they want to help people um the people who deal with this a lot are the people who just care they just care and they think that oh man you know I don't do this people want to feel bad no 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 no. you have to remember that you're not the only person that needs to take care of themselves so when you communicate to someone that you need to take care of yourself most often the response you'll get 
if you're in a positive environment is, man, I need to do that too. I'm proud of you. And you're going to inspire someone to take care of themselves as well. So it's one of those things that you just have to do. Okay. And the, and when you do take time for yourself, and this is that fourth point around taking time for yourself, you need to make sure you do what makes you happy. Don't do what somebody else did. Don't run off to Tulum or somewhere because somebody else did and that's going to be fun unless you love to travel and that charges you up. But you have to, you have to be mindful of the fact and know that whatever you do is going to make you happy because how you take care of yourself is how you take care of yourself. Don't take care of yourself how somebody else takes care of yourself. And so you have to get to know yourself. For me, I like sitting at home. Not as a homebody, but when I recharge, I like to be doing my little DIYs and being around the house and cleaning up. Um, that's something that I like to do and I do that for me. And some people are like, you took three days off and you just sat at home? Exactly. I did. And I love it because I have... I, I absolutely love it but that's for me and so you have to know what is for you because the time you take for yourself um, has to be time that fills you up and edifies you and I as a believer believe that we should all be making time to pray and worship and that's one thing you need to do you need to let God restore you and let God pour into you as well especially people that pour all the time God has endless this is the God Goes and Greatness podcast so I'm not going to skip over this stuff God has an endless amount of resources and his spirit that he can pour into you to restore you and revive you but that takes work as well you need to grow in your relationship with god you need to pray in the mornings that's the one self-care habit that will never fail you and that's prayer and worship in the mornings and just spending time with god and not just talking to him about your stuff but sitting there and get taking an opportunity for him to talk to you and that's by reading your word one of the most effective ways in which god can talk to you about your situation is through his word and so if you're still with stress hop into your Bible app get into a topical reading program or devotional about stress and say what God has to say about your stresses okay use what you're learning through mindfulness to do that um, the second thing that people get are triggered by or struggle with accepting with reality uh, one thing I learned from my therapist and I've been seeing my therapist on the one that I have right now since about 2015 so we have a great relationship she she taught me very early on early on is this idea of radical acceptance and let me read this to you radical acceptance is all about fully accepting your reality in situations that are beyond your control this doesn't mean you approve the situation or that you are giving up or that it isn't painful so you have to make sure you acknowledge in your feelings and your emotions um, and processing those things you are still allowed to and you should um, feel however you feel about what's going on around you but accepting that it is what it is is a key and vital part for you to give that problem less power over you that thing that's going on around you less power over you um, so that you can position yourself to be able to move forward and so accepting reality a lot of people you can't cling to the past okay the different failures you have if you continue to cling to those failures is going to create fear and that fear is going to cause hesitation and the hesitation is going to inhibit you from achieving your dreams and bringing those things that you want to do in the past to reality and so that's why I want, even when it comes to entrepreneurship one of the main things that you're going to have to learn is how to deal with failure and use and use failure and say I'm not losing I'm learning lessons 
I'm gonna have the saying like learn lessons lighten later loads. It's learn lessons lighten later loads. Five L's. Learn late learn lessons lighten later loads. Um, you look, watch Will Smith. You watch any of the greats. They say you should fail often. You should fail frequently. You should fail fast. You should fail frequently, and you should fail forward. Fast. So fail soon. Make sure you're moving through your life with an, an amount of um, tenacity or an intentionality to where you're getting, you're hitting these barriers soon, um, sooner than later, because we're all going to fail. So you may as well do it soon. Um, so you need to fail fast and you fail frequently. That means if you're going to fail, go ahead and fail uh, so you can learn that lesson and keep it moving. Um, you need to fail forward. And so that forward piece is how are you going to leverage those, those failures and those things that are happening around you or within your reality to help pull, push you forward like an arrow, like, you know, what's going to pull you back and launch you forward. And how you can do that is, um, one, you can remind yourself that you can't change what has already happened. So before you can have peace with reality, you have to accept that the reality is the reality and that what happened is not what is, but what was. And so remind yourself that you can't change what has already happened. Number two, embrace your feelings. Don't overlook your feelings because if you overlook your feelings, this is going to manifest as bitterness. <laughs> It's gonna it's gonna manifest as bitterness. Let me read this, to, read this to you. You might still be angry. You might still be scared. You might still be overwhelmed, or you might still be lonely. That is okay. Accepting reality includes everything that you're feeling too. When you accept these feelings and you let yourself experience them without any judgment, most people judge themselves about their emotions more than other people judge them about their emotions because a lot of people don't communicate their emotions. And what they do is they position themselves to experience a constant sense of disappointment from people not understanding them because they don't they don't communicate their emotions because they don't accept their emotions and they don't own them. All right. So you got to embrace your feelings. Then this is the triggered part. You have to notice when you are battling. I'm leaning to the microphone. You have to notice when you are battling. I'm trying not to yell because I'm getting hyped. You have to notice when you are fighting against reality. Some people are stuck in cycles because they continue to ignore what's really happening, especially in relationships, in their jobs. No, this is still happening. This fatigue you feel from going into your house every day, you go in there and then you're, you get heart palpitations every time you hit the door. That's because your body, your emotions know what's coming. But you're ignoring, you're mentally in your mind, you're ignoring it because you want this to be your dream job. But the reality is, is that you're making, I feel you, Holy Spirit, you're making a permanent situation out of a temporary place. So you're trying to build a house, a place where you're supposed to pinch a tent, learn your lessons in two to three years and keep it moving because you are built for more, right? Your purpose is not subject. Your purpose is not subjected to. Your purpose is not determined by someone's, someone else's exercise of their free will over your life. Your purpose is determined by what God has put on you and what the God has, has declared over your life. And so you got to know when to hold, know when to fold, know when to walk away, know when to run. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to know when it's time for you to make your move. And so in a time where things get hectic, especially times like this in this pandemic, a lot of people are making decisions in their organization. They're deciding to stay the same, decide to change, da, 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 da. When the whole world is changing, guess what? <laughs> you should probably be changing too. 
at times you need to stay stay strong and be consistent but you need to be pivoting um, because you not responding to the changes that are going on around you is going to end up being a detriment to your own mental health and to your own progress and your own advancement into your greatness all right and here we go Number three, avoiding thinking traps. So it's easy to fall in negative thinking patterns and spend time bullying yourself, dwelling on the past or worrying about the future. It's part of how we are wired. The human brain reacts more intensely to negative events than the positive ones. It's more likely to remember the results, um, to remember the insults that you get from other people than the praise that you get from other people. So during, during tough times, negative thoughts are especially likely to spiral out of control. And this is something that used to happen with me a lot is that spiraling okay so when these thoughts makes when these thoughts arise um to make you make something worse than it really is what you have to do is you have to become become more aware okay of what's going on and so i want to read through these real quick and they're called when you're the, the formal term for when your mind is spiraling and it's called cognitive distortion okay it's called a cognitive distortion and so these are some things and I, I recommend you google these things um, if it pings you know just kind of step back stop what you're doing right now um, if you're working and listen to this podcast and listen to these things I want to read off and if something pings I want you to write it down okay I'm going to be making a document and I want to be putting it on my website um, and, and I'll actually update you. Um, I have it done by the time that last episode drops with this information in for you. Um, but cognitive distortions. And so these are some mental, some thinking traps that people fall into. I'm just going to read them off to you real quick because I really want you to be able to get to the conversation in this next episode. But I think this is important information um, for you. And I can't trust, I, you know, that's the whole role of me as being a host is I'm trying to bring this information to you because, you know, I want to make it convenient. I want to help you spark and kickstart um, your journey towards being more aware and focusing and investing into your mental health. Um, number one, overgeneralization. overgeneralization. So just making broad statements based on one situation or one piece of evidence that you've seen in your life. Uh, number two, personalization. Just blame yourself for events beyond, that are beyond your control. What this means, this looks like taking things personally when they aren't actually connected to you at all. All right. Number three, filtering. Okay, so this is a tendency to focus on the negative details of a situation while ignoring all of the positive. Okay, like you make a 99 on a test. Oh man, but I missed that one. But I missed that one thing. I missed that one answer. Oh, I should have. See, no, you got to be able to celebrate the 99 and know that there's give yourself the grace you need to grow um, and hit that, get that one next time. But you shouldn't let, you shouldn't filter to the point that you let the negative stuff that's going on in your life outweigh um, the positive things that are happening around you, even if it's just a speck inside of something greater. Um, next one, next one, all or nothing thinking. And so that's only seeing extremes when it comes to situations. Number two, catastrophizing. And what does this mean? This means blowing things out of proportion and dwelling on the worst possible outcomes. <laughs> <laughs> when you see stuff happen and so what happens is when you start seeing stuff and you see the worst out outcomes um and i hate using that word manifest oh my god it's been used so much people are manifesting but 
whatever you look for, you're going to find. So if you're looking for problems, you're going to find problems. And that's going to make it to where you can't see the light. You can't see the God. You can't see the glory. You can't see the grace and the favor that's on your life within your situation if you're constantly focusing on the things that have been bad. Number two, this is something that I see a lot, um, especially in high-level leaders that deal with mental health issues, is jumping to conclusions because they're they're kings and queens at processing, processing and making decisions. But the issue is, is that when your mental health is off, what you're going to do is you're going to jump to conclusions and you're going to judge and decide on stuff without having all the facts. So this comes with terminating people, letting people go, moving things around. And so one of the main things that you're going to have to learn how to do, especially if you're trying to grow and reach it to the top level within an organization or within your business or scale your business up, is learn how to make solid decisions and not jump to conclusions. So sometimes you're going to have to slow down um, whenever you feel stressed and you want to get move fast or you're feeling fatigued and you want to get it done. Sometimes you're going to have to be intentional on slowing down and not judging and making good decisions um, in those times of conflict and controversy because it's easy to make decisions. It's easy to be the leader and be the decision maker in times of comfort and leisure, all right? Um, and the last three, um, emotional reasoning. And so that's thinking that however you feel is fully and unarguably true. So these are emotional led people. And this is something, this is a thinking trap, y'all. Um, next one is discounting the positive. So explaining all positives away as luck or coincidence. I hate luck. I hate when you say luck. No, it's not a coincidence that I've gotten here, got to this place. I've gotten, oh, he's got luck. No, no, no. When Kevin Durant hit that shot the other night, <laughs> it wasn't luck. That's hard work. And that's why luck is when preparation meets opportunity. And so, so it's offensive to say it's luck. That's a microaggression. When you say, ooh, that's luck, or mm, good job, you know, ooh, you know, it happens to everybody once. No, 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 no. It's hard work. And so don't discount the positive. And lastly, um, should statements. And so should statements are, re are, are a reflection of when you are making yourself feel guilty by pointing out what you should or shouldn't be doing or thinking. And so, man, I should have did this. I should have did that. And so... How you do these things um, in general and how you can cope and tackle these things um, in general comes down to, um, one, you have to reframe your thinking. So you have to think about how you think. This becomes, uh, you keep a thought journal. You need to think about how you think. Um, and when, you, when you're using I can't too much, you need to be like, okay, I need to reframe how I'm thinking. Okay, when you say, oh, I messed up, I'm a failure. No, 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 no. That's not it. No, you messed up. But nobody's perfect. And so the next time you encounter this situation, that's the perfect time for you to step up and, and get better. You know, I believe that greatness, your number one goal should be to do better today than you did yesterday. It's not about messing up. It's not about shortcomings. You need to learn the lesson you need to learn so you can do better today than you did yesterday. And the issue is that we've all spent so much time when it comes to our thinking, building these mental models that we um, that we have. And so you have to literally step back and say, I need to prove myself wrong when it comes to how I think about myself and how I think about life. And what this does is you, what you have to do is you have to take on. Um, you need to have cultivate a teachable spirit. You need to be able to learn and look and look at the facts and what's going on. And like, no, God is in this thing. Yes, I'm making ground. You know, you're working out, I'd be like, ooh, I see that change. Like, you have to prove yourself wrong. Like, you're saying, I can't work out. I can't get the body I want. But by looking in the mirror 
And, you know, some people don't like taking pictures of themselves. Some people like taking pictures of themselves way too much. But doing pro that's why progress photos work. You're proving yourself wrong when it comes to you believing that you can't do that thing. It's so important that you learn how to counter those negative thoughts. Okay. Um, and these, like this, it's just such a big key when it comes to getting out of thinking traps. It's just, that's the major part is countering those negative thoughts. And that comes through, you know, again, you have to take the time to grow in your awareness of how you're thinking, um, keeping a thought journal and keeping a track of how you think. And when you're hearing words, like I can't, like, what are you, listen to your words, listen, listen to those words that are indicative of your, um, of your triggering or you're being triggered. I can't, I don't, you know, I don't think, I don't believe I can't like, that's why, you know, those are big words. Um, and these last two things are very similar. Um, and I just want to touch on those real quick. And then we're going to, um, and then you can just go on, go on ahead and move on to episode five and listen to an amazing um, conversation um, with someone that I look up to when it comes to this in this area. Super innovative, um, Deandra. Um, she's super innovative and she's developing a platform that was going to be a resource to so many people when it comes to getting access to um, the help they need. And so, Again, this episode right here, um, I didn't want to do a short intro. I wanted to kind of introduce this because we have to take our time and really dig into this. We want to overcome these different stigmas um, and biases against mental health. Um, if we're going to get over it and we're going to build our build through that, it's going to be it's going to take work, y'all. It's going to take work. And so these next two things, um, just handling stress and adversity and dealing with anger and frustration. Look. It's so important uh, that with both of these things that you learn how to process your thoughts. Initially, you need to cope, right? Um, when you get angry, go work out, take a walk. Um, you know, have a, I'll go say have a drink of wine. No, don't do that, because because um, your mind your mind learns by association, and that's something that I've learned. You know, if you get angry and then you take a drink, then eventually you're gonna drink every time you're angry. You're gonna drink every time you feel like you're getting angry. You're gonna drink every time you're flustered. And then you're going to start coping with, and that's what leads to alcoholism. So don't do that. You got to learn how to process your thoughts. Okay. Cope initially, but eventually you have to move into a place where you're processing your thoughts. And this is why I believe that um, a therapist and having a therapist is most important because you should not. It's not safe. It's not good for you. Um, you are planning um, this cancerous <laughs> Feelings that you suppress and you don't process are cancerous to your mental health. And so you should not be burying your painful feelings and frustrations inside of you. Um, you should not be avoiding confronting them. Okay, you should be working through them proactively. Um, you should also, when it comes to, um, especially dealing with anger and frustration, you need to learn how to pause before acting pause before acting like as i stated later you can't handle what happens around you but you can determine what happens in you but you can also determine what happens to other people and how people experience you in those times of anger and frustration by simply just taking a step back and pausing step back and pausing um so when you feel yourself getting mad you, you take a moment and you notice when you're notice what you're thinking how you're feeling take a few deep breaths um we come back to mindfulness the same technique a mindfulness that you do when it comes to taking time for yourself it's also you're literally taking time you need to take time and make sure that you're um 
not going to react in a way that's unfavorable to the outcome that you want for your life, to your purpose, or in the situation when it comes to your relationship or your job, okay? You want to make sure that you're not operating out of emotionalism. You're not letting the situation dictate your 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 actions, but you're letting your purpose, your sense of purpose and the thing that you want, and the outcomes that you want for your life, dictate how you respond. Sometimes it's going to be swallowing the pill. Um, Sometimes it's going to be swallowing the pill. And then you see that a lot when it comes to um, the anger and the frustration that comes around conflict you have with other people. Two of the main things that lead to people feeling hurt or feeling um, being triggered, um, when they say big buckets, are experiences and expectations. And so when somebody gives you a negative experience or something doesn't go right, or when it comes to expectation, expect expectations are going to be met, it opens the door for emotions to come in. And so when it comes to anger and frustration, you have to make sure that you're not letting it gave me chills um, that you're not you have to make sure that you're not letting your emotions drive you when it comes to your actions you have to put emotional distance between you and the situation sometimes putting emotional distance um, is not the same thing as putting physical distance because especially if you're in a relationship or you're married and you're sitting there and you're like you're you you can't you, you can't physically run away sometimes, but you have to learn how to emotionally distance yourself so that you can make sure that the decisions that you're making are aligned with the outcome that you want, which is continuing to operate in love um, and grace towards each other, which leads to this next point. Um, and then I'll just close this episode out because I really want you to get to um, this introduction, this introductory episode to this mental wealth and trigger um, just to close it out, it's um, the number one thing that you need to be doing across the board is giving yourself grace. Giving yourself grace. So often, too often, we're harder on ourselves than we are uh, than anyone else is when it comes to um, the things that we want to accomplish, the things that we want to do, the things that we think, the things that we feel. Um, too often, we inflict a, a great deal of trauma on ourselves because, let's face it, we know ourselves better than anyone else does we try to ignore that and we try to off put the responsibility of holding ourselves accountable on other people but at the end of the day if you really think about it you know yourself better um than anyone else and you just knowing what you know about yourself it opens the door for you to be more critical on yourself so the number one thing that you should be doing especially when it comes to making time for yourself dealing with adversity um, dealing with frustration and all these things that you need to give yourself grace um, because trauma is a real thing um, and, and dealing with trauma and dealing with stress is not easy y'all it's not man it's not um, but it's very common that people get frustrated with themselves and so this frustration with themselves is what keeps them from um, getting the help they need man. and we all need to get the help we need and so I want to encourage you to get the help you need and so thank you so much for tuning into this episode this first of um what we say like three episodes that are talking about mental health and mental wealth um mental health awareness month has ended but the the need and necessity for you to focus on your mental health your mental wealth um and the things that trigger you is has not it's as important as ever for you to focus on your mental health and for you to continue growing to grow in your capacity to process your emotions to become self-aware to to make time for yourself and create a self-care regimen um to deal with overthinking to deal with and handle frustration to handle change to handle adversity 
uh, it, it's as important as ever for you to learn how to do this because the, the better the grasp that you have on these things, um, the better you're going to be to store your mental capacity. The more mentally, mentally wealthy you are, the more naturally wealthy, financially wealthy you're going to be able to become because none of that stuff that's going to happen for you is going to happen by yourself. Okay, you're graced for it. You're designed for it. You design your grace. You're built to be a lender, not a borrower. You're built to be above, not be beneath. You're made to be the owner of your, the owner and master of faith. But all that stuff, all those ideas start in your mind. And so, if your mind is not working, then those dreams are not going to come true. And so, thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I'm excited for the conversations that are to come on this topic because I think it's truly, truly important. So, I love you guys. I honor you guys who listen to this podcast. Be mindful um, to share, subscribe on YouTube, like it, man. I'm here for you all. If you have any questions, um, please reach out. But I am strongly encouraging you all to get a therapist. You're going to hear about all this stuff in this next episode, episode, episode number five. But this concludes episode number four. Triggered, my players. Triggered, triggered, triggered. Because I want you all to get to a place um, to where you're happy. And for some reason, I just thought about the Rugrats theme song. That's pretty wild. Take me there, I wanna go there. Take me there, let's go there. Take me to that great place. That's what I want us all to get to, where your wonders and wishes come true. And not in a place where you're dealing with frustration and depression and stuff on a day-to-day basis. But I love you guys, I'll talk to you soon. Peace.